1: Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and the kickoff of our two-part top 10 episode that we do every year. So as you may or may not know, what we do is we divide this up into two episodes. So for this episode, you're going to get our top 10 through six. And what I'm allowing my panelists to do is choose up to three items per number. They can be three movies, three television shows, three books, three songs, three podcasts or a combination of things that were some of their favorites from the past year. Uh, And then on our next one, we will do the top five through one. And last year, Sasha wasn't able to join us, but she's back. She was on our very, very first one we did back back in 2020. So we have our annual top 10 of 2022 panel, Carla, Aaron A., Meg, and Sasha with us. And since we are going over our top 10 favorites from 2022, we aren't going to do what we're into. What we're going to do instead is I'm going to go around and ask everyone what their three favorite performances were from 2022. So, Carla, what were your top three performances from this year?
2: This is so hard because there were like 17 different options Mm -hmm. just in like my first page of notes. But... I did manage to narrow it down. And the first one I'm going to mention is Michelle Yeoh in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. That one, I mean, like, you're going to be hearing her name so much in the upcoming award season. May she win everything she's nominated for because she absolutely deserves every flower thrown her way. She has for many, many years. And this performance just gave you so much. It gave you, like... Repressed mom, it gave you um like all of the, the little tidbits that were thrown in there. Um, you, you got so many facets of a particular character. And not to mention the fact that she's just so amazingly gifted with, with martial arts, just everything she does is you're just mesmerized by her presence. Another one, my next one is Anna Diop in Nanny. And That movie I I watched kind of late in the game and I wasn't sure how I felt about the movie, but I feel very strongly about her performance as a mom from Senegal who moves to New York to hopefully get a better life for herself and for her son. And everything that she goes through, the ending is absolutely, I I mean, your heart is going to go through so much in this movie. She's like so vulnerable and. At the same time, she has like all of this strength that she has to bring up. It's you have to watch the movie, even if you're not like. In love with with the genre, in love with the movie itself, she's worth watching it for. And the third one I'm going to mention is Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy in The Boys, because our boy Jensen really, really (laughs) nailed home why he is the goat of uh, performance of performers. Of his generation, particularly in fantasy TV type of thing, fantasy sci fi, like way out there fiction, he breaks quite far out of the Dean Winchester mold. And he's hilarious and scary. And I mean, I could say hot, but that kind of goes like because Jensen Eckles' dictionary definition for hot. So, you know, like, duh. he was amazing he was amazing and i I hope he comes back because yeah he was just really good to look at plus he was really good at the acting parts (laughs) yes
1: and i am going to say this right on the onset here and everyone feel free to give me a hard time i know i just haven't gotten around to it i still have not seen everything everywhere all at once i know i know and i really want to see the nanny and i haven't seen that one either so um so yeah but I did see The Boys season three, so we did do a special episode about it. Uh, So, Erin, A., what are your top three performances?
3: Okay, before we get to that, I do want to say you're probably in better graces with a lot of people than me by not having seen that movie yet, because I did watch it, and I did not get it. Like, (laughs) I I know, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the way I felt about certain things from certain people. <laughs> just,
3: Michelle Yeoh was amazing in it. She is like my favorite person in the world right now. Like, but uh, like I just was like, "What is happening?" I I have such lowbrow taste compared to the rest of you guys. <laughs> 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 like I don't I don't my I husband promise. got so mad he stormed out and went to bed. <laughs> 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 he didn't even watch the end of it. Wow! Yeah, so at least you're in that beautiful bubble where you don't know if you don't like it yet. Like people are still gonna like you. <laughs> there's still hope for you, Aaron M. <laughs> Whereas Aaron A's. Hmm. All right, somebody my, that I used to you know. <laughs> there's my confession for the night. <laughs> I tried. I really wanted to like it, but I, I do think her performance was amazing. Okay, yes. I had a hard time picking 3 because I do tend to just like like almost everybody and everything even if I don't understand the movie. But I'm I kind of put my 3 on this list of ones that I wasn't necessarily going to put in my top 10 of like shows or movies, but I think their performance was really good. And so, first I'm going to go with David Tennant in Inside Man, which was a good, it was like a limited series. I think there's like six episodes. I don't I don't know if there's going to be more or not. I was not clear on that, but it was a weird show and there was weird decisions made for no reason and it made me angry, but he did a really good performance and I will be honest with you. I only watched it because of him and then I really got into it and stayed with it because of him, not because of the storyline necessarily. Um, so that was really great. My second one, I'm going to go with Justin Long and Barbarian. I think he was a really interesting character, like so many like ups and downs. And I think he did a really great job. Deserves a nomination. Yeah. It it was really like he kind of like kept me watching. And then I, gosh, I have like five more that are all like tied. So I'm going to go. With Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight, because it, like just the whole, the way he played basically two characters. And I loved him anyway, which probably helped the situation. But it was a great show. But he also just had like, I don't, it was really, really great. And another one that like he was part of the reason I was watching.
1: See, I haven't seen Inside
3: Man and I haven't
1: seen Moon Knight. So, but yes, I, I, I agree with Justin
3: uh, Long. He was fan
1: fantastic in barbarian <laughs> absolutely perfect casting too uh, like guess could not agree more i don't know if you know this but originally <laughs> the director he wanted um he wrote that with zach efron in mind
3: and zach efron turned oh. it down he didn't want to do that it. that would be weird so i can't picture that now he's great i think he's amazing i don't know why he's not in more stuff yeah. Oh, I cannot picture Zach Efron in that role at yeah, all. Yeah. No. I know. No.
2: Very Justin really. Long was definitely the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our approval. I'm yes. sure he needed it. <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs>
1: so, Meg.
4: Well, I, as we all know, I thought real long and hard about this. Also, I have not seen any of the things any of you guys have mentioned so far. So this is. <sighs> I'm caught up. I have not seen everything everywhere all at once.
3: I just. I, I haven't it,
4: it looks like i have to think too hard and i just am not in a place where i am wanting to do that right now so there's so
3: much going on in that movie like
4: i can't even like begin. i see it i see it and i'm like oh i really want to watch that and i'm like oh
3: i have to focus for two and a half hours to watch it <laughs> and it's yeah normally, it's not like it's, it's not like you can do other stuff you gotta no. sit and watch it yeah
4: and it's no. normally 8 p.m on a Wednesday that I'm actually able to sit down and I'm like, well, this is never going to happen. So (laughs) anyway, I was not great at research. I did not read the assignment. So these are my really quick picks for three favorite performances. I put a lot of thought into it. I definitely did not just look at my list and say, Oh, I liked that. So I'm going to go with first off Shantae Adams in a league of their own. She plays Max, she was amazing. She has such a beautiful balance of frustrating us and vulnerability and strength and pain. And she's not always likable, but she's all you all you're always rooting for her. Um, and she's just fantastic. Another one is Reese Darby and our flag means death. Because I mean, if you've seen it, you understand why. I think. People have been sleeping on Reese Darby for way too long, and I'm so, so excited to see him get kind of the love that he deserves. So, And another one is Caitlin Deaver in Rosalind was just really funny. She plays Rosalind. I don't know if any of you have seen this movie. It's basically Romeo and Juliet told from Rosalind's point of view, and it's a comedy.
2: And oh, I wanted to watch that.
4: It's it's really cute. It's really funny. She just like, unlike the actual play in the movie, she's Romeo dumps her when he meets <laughs> Juliet, like he ghosts her. And unlike Persuasion, I did not mind the more modern kind of colloquialisms and and turns of phrase and stuff like that. Um, but it, the whole movie is kind of her just trying to get Romeo back and it's just very much the background and then all of a sudden you see things like to the side that are happening in the play and it's really fun and she is really funny she has a lot of good physical comedy in there she has a lot of good just she's very witty she's very adorable and yeah and again i I looked at my list (laughs) here we are
1: (laughs) okay sasha so
5: I'm going to start with uh, Brendan Frazier in The Whale. because so we went and saw that and he was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Doesn't hurt that I love Brendan Frazier. So I don't think he can do any wrong. Um, I know that there's some controversy with the film and problematic stuff, but I think that he was pieces for that. Uh, the next one is going to throw a curveball at everybody. I'm going to go with Brad Pitt um, from Bullet Train. Because he is a reluctant assassin who wants to get out of the field and he is just a cornball and I loved it. Uh, and then my final performance, Aaron, this one's for you. Uh, I'm going to pick one of the whale like creatures from Avatar 2 that I saw today because it was the only redeeming thing in the movie. And there is one whale uh, like critter and he uh, turns out to be a hero. So I want to give a shout out to that CGI phenomenal beast. <laughs>
2: Wow! That's awesome, amazing. <laughs> fantastic. I can't wait for just like the the clips to come out on YouTube, so that that can be the only part of that that I ever witness.
1: Yep, <laughs> same, same here. And
5: it's the only worthwhile scene in the entire dang movie. <laughs> wow.
1: That's hilarious. Yes, and uh, go listen to our Brendan Fraser episode that we did um, earlier this month. It's really good, and uh, Meg and Carla are on that one as well. Okay, my top three are uh, Mia Goth for both Pearl and X, because she plays the same character in, in um, X that she does in Pearl, and she actually plays two characters in X, and she is so phenomenal in Pearl. I mean, if there was any justice in the world, she would be nominated for an Oscar. She's f- so fan-flippantastic. She has a whole scene where she does a whole monologue, and the camera never cuts away from her face, and it's like a three, five-minute monologue. Uh, The very, and this is not a spoiler at all, but the very um end of the movie, which is a fantastic movie, uh the credits roll over just her face, just smiling. And there's a lot behind that smile, and it's... Fantastic. So so she deserves a nomination. I know the, I believe it was the Indie Independent Spirit Awards that did nominate her. And I wish other, I wish the Academy would get over their hatred of horror and nominate people like Mia Goth. And then next up is Colin Farrell, who (laughs) Colin Farrell is a fantastic actor who deserves a lot more respect in that area, in my opinion. And what I think Colin Farrell is best at are very quiet. Introspective performances. And he gave two of those this year. I have not seen uh, 13 Lives yet, but I think he was fantastic in The Banshees of Inisharan and in After Yang. And both of those are two very quiet introspective performances, especially After Yang. And he does so much with his face and his eyes. And yes, people also say he does eyebrow acting because his eyebrows are, you know, very expressive. He knows this too. Uh, And he does do that, especially in The Banshees of Inna But he's just so, so good. And he's so good at being vulnerable. And he's not, um, he doesn't rely on his looks. And he never has. And that's one thing I really appreciate about him. And then last, another performance from a horror movie. And that's Taylor Russell from Bones and All. She also deserved a nomination for Waves. But, you know. Um, She is a fantastic, fantastic young actress, one of the best around today, and she gives an absolutely heartbreaking, beautiful, uh tortured performance in Bones and All, and I really, really loved her in that movie. Okay, so now we're going to start getting into our top ten. So we're going to start with number ten. So, Carla, what three things made your number ten spot?
2: Thank you for asking, Erin. The three things that made my number 10 spot are all podcasts. Well, two of them are podcasts. One is the podcast episode. One of them is the podcast forever ago hosted by Joey Dolo. And it's part of the brains on family of podcasts. And all of these are are kids, kids, podcasts for, for brains on this one. I really love because it's all about history and it's, you know, you're learning things while your kid is learning things. You're talking about these things that you're learning, but it's, it's, it, it goes about it in a very fun way, which, you know, of course is for kids. So it kind of has to, but it it has cool features. Like it'll give you three things and then you have to figure out which one came first, second, and third. The co-hosts are like a rotating group of kids. So Joy always has a co-host who's a kid and then they're learning about these things together. Which is a just something that brains on does really well, and I really enjoy. But one of the things that I like the most about it is that Joy Dolo is black, and she talks about being black, and they talk a lot about things that have happened in Black history and from the Black experience, and these are things that are are so important for kids to be exposed to, and to not be hidden from. So I really I I look forward to my son running to me being like, oh, there's a new episode of Forever Go. And then I'm like, oh, yay, because I also love Forever Go. Another podcast is Smash Boom Best. And Smash Boom Best takes two cool things. This is their actual description. Every episode takes two cool things, smashes them together, and lets you decide which is best. And the fun thing about this podcast is that it teaches you debate skills. So my son is running around like, Telling me all of these like debate tactics and how, no, mommy, that's a logical fallacy. And, you know, like, you know, that, um, that's redundant or whatever he chooses to tell me on a particular day. And I, I love it. He's already too good at debating the, the benefits of why he should do X, Y, and Z. This podcast is not helping. So it's actually hindering my parenting. However, I will allow it because he loves it and it fills him with joy and knowledge and maybe he can be on a debate team and debate somebody other than his mother <laughs> and the third thing and this is you know shameless self promo is the Bedwetter behead podcast episode that meg and i just released on the movie <laughs> the princess switch because it is legitimately like one of the funniest things we have ever recorded and it's um We, you know, The Princess Witch is not, like, the best movie ever. It's not particularly noteworthy other than the fact that it's, for some reason, very popular and has spawned two very unnecessary sequels. But what we did in the episode, and it just kind of evolved out of nowhere, is that we... Evolved,
4: devolved. (laughs)
2: Yeah, whatever you want to call it. We took the, the story and decided that the reason for some of these things happening is that... The country that this is set in, which is Belgravia, which doesn't exist, is at war with Genovia from the Princess Diaries. Yeah, it, it's it's a fun listen. It's one. It's like fifty three minutes, and we had a blast. That was like one of the most fun things that we've ever recorded. And it's even just listening back to it, I'm like, okay, I think listeners would actually really enjoy this. Awesome, yes.
1: I, uh, shame on me. I actually don't have a single podcast on my top 10 here. It's not because I don't listen to podcasts, because I listen to podcasts constantly. I just don't.
2: So. <laughs> I know, Aaron. It was a very good year for horror. So, like, 72 of your top 100 is just horror. We get it. We know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty much. I, I did sprinkle other things in, because I'm like, don't just do horror. <laughs> um. <laughs> So Aaron A, what are your three tens? Your three tens.
3: I have no podcasts also. As I was saying earlier, I have very basic tastes apparently. Uh, I listened to exactly three podcasts, and I bet you guys can guess which ones.
1: <laughs> are are most of the hosts um, right
3: here on this podcast right now? Yeah, yeah. How'd you guess? <laughs> if jen was here we could have a reunion i was gonna say i (laughs) thought that was the like i know it's probably jen's (laughs) yeah yeah all of mine are movies and tv on mine as well for my number 10 i'm gonna go with three things that i don't want to be on the list but they are on the list because i was a little obsessed with them whenever i watched (laughs) them
1: i don't want them to be on the list (laughs)
3: I love to hate. We'll go with that. Number one would be Inventing Anna on Netflix. Like, talk about screaming at the TV. Like, why? I can't, like, if anybody doesn't know what this is by now, like, I don't even want to explain it to you. But just, I can't even with this girl. Um, But I couldn't stop watching it. I don't know why. And another one that I didn't want to like, and I didn't even want to watch. And then I did. And then I just like, I'm pretty sure I watched the whole thing in one day was Pam and Tommy. And the performances from Lily James and Sebastian Stan were amazing, especially Lily James. She's like a goddess and she like humanized Pam. Like it was just, she was so good but I don't agree with the content or the fact that this series was made at all. Um, And I resisted watching it for probably what, six months. Um, But it actually was shockingly good in a bad way. I don't know how to describe it. So there's that. Uh, And then, like I said earlier, inside man, I did watch all of that in one day also, (laughs) and I would not have kept watching it if it hadn't been for David Tennant. Um, Stanley Tucci's in it also. And he's, really amazing. The, I'll see, now I got makes attention. So it was another one where you're like screaming at the TV, like, why? Why would you do that? It makes no sense. But it it was interesting. There's a huge cliffhanger, so I don't know if there's going to be another season. But now I want there to be, even though I'm kind of mad that I watched the whole thing in the first place. So that's my three don't want to be on the list, on the list things. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and with
1: Pam and Tommy just to mention um there is a Netflix series that's coming out that Pamela Anderson did herself and you know because she's was very upset about the Pam and Tommy and I watched it too so it's you know um but yes I agree she was Lily James was so so good I mean so good mm. absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah so so Meg what are your 310s
4: I have a feeling that most of my whole thing, most of my compliment comments on this podcast are going to be, "Oh yeah, I really want to see that," and just add it to the list for next year and then the year after. <laughs> especially when I get totally to mine.
1: Especially mine.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. When I see you tweeting about what you're watching, I'm like, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Meg secretly takes notes of all of the horror stuff and watches it secretly, like in her basement. Yeah.
4: I did actually answer Aaron's poll about
2: my favorite
4: movie. It was so funny. <laughs> I've had trouble with movies because I mostly like I've become a basic old lady now who just likes my romance stories. And they 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 just don't make them anymore. Like it's really hard to to find rom coms. And my husband, I told him this, and he went into this whole long spiel about it. And I won't get into it, but I was like, I just wanted to complain. Like, I didn't want a lesson about profits (laughs) and DVD sales. Anyway, um, my three for the 10, for no particular reason other than I kind of forgot that I watched them, but I enjoyed them when I watched them. Um, One is How I Met Your Father, (laughs) which was not, it's not good. It's not good, (laughs) but it was bubblegum for the brain. And it was something that I really, 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 really needed at the time. So I'm going to give it a spot on here. I like Hilary Duff. It's so shoot me. I liked her since she was on younger. I mean, I liked her before, but I really liked her on younger. So, um, yeah, I don't have great reasonings, but I'm going to throw that out there. Um, another one is Mr. Malcolm's List, which is a Regency. It's a period piece. Um, it's, very diverse there's a lot like it actually like people of color exist in this movie which is a big shock in itself but i remember seeing this book and reading that it was a clean romance so i didn't want to read it I <laughs> saw so the reviews like a nice clean romance and i was like nope that is not for me that's not what <laughs> I'm here for but the movie was pretty good um i enjoyed it it's it's uh i think it's on Prime. And another one I'm going to say is actually Down to Earth with Zach Afrod Down Under. I really enjoyed watching him and his buddy, whose name I can't think of off the top of my head, exploring Australia and kind of looking into some of the more cutting edge technologies and resources people are using for conservation and trying to recover all that was lost in those fires in Australia. And I just... I, I really liked the first season of Down to Earth, so I don't know. I enjoyed it. It made me happy. So, Sasha, your three tens?
5: So, I I only have two because Sasha misunderstood the assignment, which is typical, so we're good. So, we're going to go with my, in my 10th place for a TV show, um, I started watching Tulsa King, um, which is still currently airing on, well, I don't know, one of those streaming services.
1: I think it's Paramount, P-pop maybe? Or
5: Paramount, or... One of those. Oh, it's yeah, Paramount. It's one of the P ones. Paramount. Oh, yeah, it's Paramount. It's one of those P ones. Um, it's Sylvester Stallone as a aged uh mafia guy who got out of jail and they sent him to Tulsa. And now he's setting up shop in Tulsa. It's it's Sylvester Stallone. He's a mob dude. It's very typical, just kind of brainless, kind of fun. So that was my TV show. And then for movies, uh, I'm gonna go for number 10 cuz these are really in no particular order cuz i just wrote a bunch down i'm going to go with violent night um which is out now which is a uh christmas i don't even know where to put it it's like christmas comedy bloodshed chaos some fantasy thrown in lots of the gore lots of s-
4: christmas yeah lots of swearing
5: <laughs> and santa claus kicking ass um It was, it's hysterical. So that's the one I'm going to go with for number 10.
1: Yeah, I really want to see that one too. Plus I love David Harbour. So I I will watch anything that man does pretty much. Okay. For top 10, for, for number 10, for me, Top Gun Maverick, which is on Paramount Plus, which I finally watched last night. I think it probably would have been better if I would have been able to see it on the big screen. Uh, because, you know, I could tell it probably was a lot more impactful, but Hey, everybody knows, I think Tom Cruise is problematic as hell in real life, but I really enjoy watching him on screen. I know I just do. And I love the first Top Gun movie and I know these are propaganda, military propaganda. I understand, but I still thought it was a ton of fun. I enjoyed it. I th- Liked the cast. I liked the updated version of the volleyball game, and really, my favorite part of it was seeing Val Kilmer. Um, and I loved how they did that. I thought it was a great way to honor him. He is in the movie; you do see him in the movie, uh, and so I really, really loved the way they they showed Iceman. And um, and I I love Val Kilmer as everybody probably knows. So yeah, so I really I enjoyed that one. It was fun. It wasn't as Fantastic as I was expecting, but I but I think that's because I'd hyped it up so much in my head. But it's on my top ten, so I did like it. And then I have a couple of scores and soundtracks on my top ten. And for number ten for score is the score for Terror Fire Two, which is the horror movie that um, was made for like two hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand, and has made uh, ten over ten million dollars at the box office. This is unheard of. Uh, it's incredible. It's an incredible story. And they submitted themselves for Oscar consideration, which I still think is one of the greatest things in the whole entire world, because just imagining snobby old Oscar voters having to watch one of the goriest, most violent horror movies ever gives me great pleasure. So, (laughs) my friends watch something they didn't want to but that just gives me pleasure because they're such snobs and it did deserve some sort of recognition anyway but i think the score is great because it's such a throwback to 80s slasher scores and that's what i loved about it and then lastly from hulu is the show welcome to chippendales which is a true crime drama all about a true crime that involves chippendales so I, I recommend that. That's really, really good. Um, mainly because of the performances. So that's the main reason. Some of it's a little bit clunky, but I do like it a lot for the performances. It deals a lot with also, um, racism, also the sexes and being, you know, showing women actually enjoying things that are sexual in nature. And the fact that Chippendales really came out. Like when Chippin' Nails in real life was created, it came out at the perfect time, right? During the women, women's liberation and all of that kind of stuff. So that's on Hulu. Okay.
4: Hey, I want to see that. This is oh, all, this is going to be just record <laughs> that and just
1: add <laughs> it to Meg's list. <laughs> yeah, because that's the true crime ones.
3: So, right? There you go. I have, right up a, your lot alley. Of, I have a lot of true <laughs> crime. Yes. Well, and there is an actual documentary about it. Yes, too, there is. Yeah. That, that was released earlier this year, I think, that was really interesting as well. Yeah,
0: it's a wild story. Oh my gosh. gosh it's <laughs> crazy. wild. Story. Yes.
1: Well, Carla, so you're three
2: nines. My three nines. It, it's similar in theme to Aaron A's three nines in that these are things that I wish I had. I, had, I weren't talking about. And yet here I am talking about them. <laughs> because I'm always like, oh, my God, reality TV. Oh, that is so disgusting. And like people like need to get lives and like watch better things. And that here I am talking about the ultimatum. Which was like one of the worst best things, like one of the best worst things that I've watched this year in, or any year. I was angry at absolutely every person <laughs> on the show. I was like live tweeting my angry thoughts about... There's one guy, Colby, and how awful he is and how much he doesn't deserve to be with anybody and how his girlfriend was just equally as awful, but she still didn't deserve him because he's that bad. And she's like also bad, but like not as bad as to deserve that kind of dude. And yeah, like if you want some like legitimate rage at people that you're never going to meet, check out the ultimatum. And I I was like, I'm never watching this again. When they they're gonna inevitably have a season two, and I will not watch it. And then they said that they're gonna like make it more LGBTQIA plus friendly and inclusive. And I'm like, well, damn it! Now I have to do it for the culture. I have to watch it just because you know support. And in a more like murdery vein, I watched the the show the Worst Roommate Ever, and Worst Roommate Ever made me so mad at myself <laughs> for watching it because it is like about the worst roommates ever and this isn't just like oh they left their socks from the couch and they like to hide cheese it under like the coffee table for years no this is like oh this person kind of like tried to murder me and this one swindled me of all of my money and uh like yeah these are like legitimately evil people and what? I was like, Look. "No, I recommended it to Meg. I'm like, you have to watch this thing. Like, she you saying, have to watch it. Terrible! So that- you
4: need to watch it.
2: <laughs> this is your kind of horrible, though. Oh, <laughs> like, it absolutely I the is. And I'm so mad thing. at
4: myself. I haven't had a chance to actually get into it. Like,
2: yes, it is. You know, like if that's your jam, then I, I can't judge it because I watched the entire thing. So have at it, I guess. And my third one, and this one." you know because again true crime i'm like oh my gosh the exploitation of people and their their horrible things and their tragedies and i still watched all of captive audience and that one was oh my god it's a whole family just suffered for decades for so many things that, that happened, you know, there was a kidnapping of a little boy. Eventually he's found, but he has a hard time like meshing with his family again. And then later on, his brother ends up becoming a, a murderer. Like, oh, you, you just, and, and, and the mom, you can just feel her heartbreak. And like the sisters are just, oh my God. And partly I watched it because the, um, one of the boys, Stephen, he was in a, One of those like 1980s films about crime that you would watch, like, you know, what was like Sunday nights or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, called My Name is Steven. And I remember that partly because Cory Nemec was the, he played Steven or the brother, I don't remember, but it was just a a lot. And you you end up really feeling for this family. And I ended up really feeling for myself for making me watch this because I was like, Carla, we're going to watch this. And I'm like, Carla, why? And I was like, Carla, we just showed. I'm like, damn it, Carla.
1: It's fantastic. And you will probably be hearing it again. (laughs) shortly. I think it's fantastic. I think, I think it's probably Mm -hmm. one of the best that's been out this year. They
2: handled it really well. Like they they really did, but still like, I'm like, Oh, to put this family through this again, after so many decades. And it's, it's it's heartbreaking. His kids, uh, Boy, Steven, his kids. Oh, my gosh. It's going to make me want to yes. cry just thinking about it. Oh, oh, because I didn't even mention that he ends up dying. He oh. he finally goes on to have like a, a, a happy life. And then he, he dies when his kids are tiny. Just
1: mm-hmm.
2: this family just couldn't catch a break. Yeah, but it's so,
1: uh, so well done. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and I watched like one episode, I think, of the horrible roommates or <laughs> roommate or whatever. It is. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this looks fun. And then I forgot about it. That happens to me a lot because I get so busy. <laughs> I have so many things that I started and never finished. So. Because your
2: brain demands better and yet mine doesn't. <laughs> That's what's happening, Aaron.
1: <laughs> okay, Aaron A, now it's your
3: turn to give you three for nine. Oh. I totally forgot about Worst roommate Ever. That Oh, that show is bonkers. Okay, so th- it's getting hard to narrow down my things, and I just frantically sorted them, and I think I've got a plan. So number nine, I'm going to start getting into my nerdiness now, and I know this is going to be very niche, but I f- feel like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was actually a good movie. And I liked it. And I don't normally like Doctor Strange. Agreed. Like, it blew my mind that I liked this movie so much that I liked it better than Thor Love and Thunder. Like, it was just, it's crazy. I, as I said the other day, Bumblebee Cabbage Patch is not my favorite person. <laughs> but it, it was like such a good movie. And then it made, and then Thor Love and Thunder like disappointed me so badly. It made that movie better. But in Sasha's uh, vein of shout outs to animals and movies, those screaming goats in Thor, Love and Thunder were yes. literally <laughs> the best part of that movie. <laughs> and I started laughing in the theater and I could not stop for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and my husband was like kind of getting annoyed, I think. Oh, the, the sc- okay. The I want goat. a screaming goat. Shout out. Right. This is just bought a farm. I'm gonna convince her to get screaming yeah,
5: It Should have been one of my top performances. I should have just done all animals.
3: Why is there not a category for animals in any of the awards? I don't know. This is like last year with that movie with the the
2: zombie tiger.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Um army of the army of dead
3: army of the dead something
4: yeah yeah tiger god i didn't
3: even see that movie oh man and no one's seen the bear movie yet so i can't wait to see cocaine bear
1: (laughs) go cocaine bear kill as many people as you
3: want before you die (laughs) oh god okay we digress um i don't even know where i'm at Okay, so Welcome to Chippendales was on my number nine, so we'll skip that because, yeah, that was like, super. You
1: can mention them if they're on other people's lists. So,
3: But we've already talked about it, so we can skip. And then uh, Luckiest Girl Alive, I do think, was a really good movie. It had weird subject matter, and I didn't totally agree with all of it, but I thought it was really interesting story, I guess. It came to mind when I was thinking of, top things that I watched this year so I don't know what else to say about it Finn Mm -hmm. Finn that's pretty much (laughs) the only reason I watched it but it was actually I kind of enjoyed it so
1: yeah and it's number nine Mila Kunis is fantastic and yeah but heavy heavy trigger warnings for that movie for sexual assault and school shootings so heavy 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 seriously the sexual assault scene can be very triggering so yeah, it's, it's uh, a trigger warning because it's not just one person that sexually assaults. It one. might
3: be so. the most serious movie on my list. I don't have a lot of serious. I don't watch a lot of serious things. Maybe that's why I enjoyed it.
1: And we did a live stream only, Jen and I. We did a live stream only discussion of it. We tried to lighten it up towards the end because it was such a heavy mm-hmm. conversation. We do spoil the whole movie. So Meg, what are your three
4: nines? Okay. Again, really well thought out. I'm going to go with the Noel diary as one of them. It's a Christmas movie on Netflix. It's cheesy, but it's not like Hallmark movie cheesy. I liked it. I, I thought it was well done. Justin Hartley, if you know him from, oh my God, this is us. There we go. I can make my, I can make my brain work. Um, He's good at it. It's it's a romance. It's a Christmas romance movie. I don't know. It's a little more drama than say I went to my hometown and fell in love with a mistletoe farmer. I <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah I liked it. Um, another one is I'm going to say the summer I turn pretty, uh, TV series. I enjoyed it more than the books, which doesn't happen very often. But that's not to say that it was like. It's number nine on my list i I think the acting was good. I enjoy a good y a storyline and yeah, and my other one is gonna be Tinder Swindler, which is a docu series on Netflix that makes me so angry, so I'm infuriating this guy who just completely it who just Screwed over so many people so hard and had no consequences. Like, really, he's still out there doing the same shit. And it's ridiculous. And I remember beginning when I was watching this movie in the beginning or the show in the beginning, thinking, Jesus, how stupid do you have to be to to fall for this? And then I'm watching and it's just like, like I started kind of making fun of the women who got conned a little bit. Because it sounds so ridiculous to us, but of course we are not in it. We already know that there's something really messed up going on. And by the end of it, I, well, not even by the end of it, probably by the end of the first episode, my, my attitude really, really switched because these women were just so deeply taken advantage of. And this was such a long con that he did on so many women, like months, years that he'd spent. It's just. Oh, It's good. And also, I really love the ultimatum too. I have no shame in liking my trash (laughs) reality TV. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I got. So tune in soon for my number eights. Yeah,
1: that man is a piece of garbage. Oh my God. Uh, So Sasha, you're number nine.
5: Yeah. My number nines uh, for TV shows. I'm gonna do with the most recent uh, season of Lef- Love, Death, Robots. Netflix shorts, mostly animated, but they're zero time commitment, so these would be perfect for Meg because they range between like five minutes and fifteen minutes in length. So you yeah! can bang them out real quick, and they're you don't have to watch them in any particular order. Um, are they scary? No, I mean, some of them might be, but they're, it's the concept of like love, death and robots, like what happens. So they're all totally different topics and everything, but it's, they're quick. So I think that that would be anybody who needs a time filler. There you go. And then for my movie, I'm going to go with Turning Red, which I know Aaron hates animated movies. I'm going with turning red because it's nice to see a movie about a girl going through girl stuff, finally, and just having it be a little bit more mainstream. And she gets to rage out and turn into a giant red panda. Like,
4: come on. The least scary. Right? Mammal on the planet. The red
5: panda. (laughs) So those are my number nines.
1: Awesome. Okay, well, for my number nines, first is the true crime drama, The Dropout, with um, Amanda Seyfried, is absolutely fan, flippantastic, plays Elizabeth Holmes, who did the Theranos thing. I personally don't think it painted her in a positive light at all. I think it painted her as a sociopath, but I understand some people have said it, they think it p- paints her in a positive light, but I don't see that at all, especially the way it ends. I'm like, god. <laughs> I mean, she's just you know, whew. and and she's not the only bad person in this either. The man that she was involved in, who really was awful too, and had a lot to do with it too, is 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 horrible. But I think that was a really interesting watch, um, and mainly her performance is so. She's such a fantastic actress, and she was so good in that. And then my first horror movie. Hey, it's my first movie, not just the score. Coming in is um, a Danish horror movie on Shudder called Speak No Evil. And there's a lot of meanings behind the title. That's really all I'll say about it except for it's basically these two different couples meet at this vacation that they're all on. And one of the couples invites the other couple and they You know, they both have children and invites the other couple to come and vacation with them, visit their home. And it's very uncomfortable and then gets very, very disturbing. And it's not a happy movie, but it is kind of like watching an exercise in when do you stop being polite and actually be like, "Um, no, we're not going to be polite about this. I'm going to leave this uncomfortable, awful situation we're in. So, But that one's on Shudder. There's going to be quite a few things mentioned from Shudder tonight, I am sure, at least from me and maybe from Carla, too. Uh, and then lastly is another true crime documentary called uh, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. And this is on Netflix about a scum scumbag, Hunter Moore, who mm-hmm. was a self-proclaimed professional life ruiner and um, the things he did to the women and the girls in this was infuriating and he is out there trying to defend himself he's just he's just scum he's just absolutely scum I won't go into too much but it was basically just he would put out photos of naked yeah he would put out photos of naked women and girls and on the internet and and he had his own little site and he was just absolutely disgusting. So
4: he is the king of revenge porn, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: He's I mean, he's he's just a disgusting human being. And he it's also a thing of like you watch all these women just like love this guy. And I'm like, this guy is scum of the earth. So it's just one of those where you're like, Argh. but I yeah. but yeah. So if you want to watch some infuriating stuff, go <laughs>
4: No, watch that! I'm watching that right now. I think I got like five minutes left. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> number eight, Carla. What are your three
2: eights? All right, so uh, I'm going to start with the the heaviest one. I think probably possibly on my entire list. It's a movie called The Fallout, and it starts. It, it starts. It stars Jenna Ortega, who is currently uh, Wednesday Adams on the show Wednesday. And this movie is about a school shooting and the aftermath of that, or the fallout of it, as as the title suggests, and how these kids go about picking up the pieces through their PTSD and through the losses that they have with this. And I mean, you know, of course, these kids go through so much. And Jenna, uh, Jenna Artyka's character is, you know, she's she goes through so many phases of trying to cope with things and deal with things. She has a very supportive family, but that's, it, it's not enough, you know, supportive family can only do so much for you when you're grieving and you're scared and you don't want to act like you're grieving and scared. And, you know, the, the people that you end up leaning on, the people that you have the habits that you form and the new family that you create with your fellow survivors. It's a really good, really, really, really good film. Her performance in it is, she's just a fantastic actor. I, I think that people are, you know, thanks to, to Wednesday, people are not paying more attention to her. But she deserved accolades well before this. And, and this movie really gives you an idea of a hint of the power that she can wield with her with her skills. The other two for my number eight are decidedly more lighthearted. One of them is a movie called Unplugging with Eva Longoria. It's not a good movie (laughs) at all. It's not good, but it's cute. It's about a couple who decides to go out of town and just leave their devices behind. Or I think maybe they end up having to, you know, like they don't have any connection. But it's about them connecting through their lack of devices and finding a balance between using the device, and the, and the device is taking over their lives. It's kind of like a, a rom-com for a middle-aged couple who is finding their way back to each other, not because of any distance that is created by, you know, infidelity, or, you know, like, oh, um, I have a, a job now uh, in New York. Are we, are we going to move from California? It, it's none of that. It's just these wonderful devices that can make our lives so much simpler also can get in the way of reconnecting with the people who are right in front of us, and I, I think it's cute, it's sweet. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Oh, you have to go watch it." It's a, it's, it's an okay movie, but I, I, I liked the chemistry between the leads, and my eight point three is going to be *Murderville*, and *Murderville*. I, I I watched it because a couple of of really great personalities, TV personalities, are are on it. But you come away from it feeling like Marshawn Lynch really stole the show. Marshawn Lynch was the best of all of the people on on murder of all of the celebrities. It's Will Arnett as a as a detective, and um, Meg actually talked about this show last week and only he and the other permanent actors get the script and then the the, the guest celebrity comes and they're improvising all of their performance it's so funny it's so great i think annie murphy's um episode the second time that i watched it i liked it a lot better the first time I, I didn't think that she that she was all that good but the second time that i watched it i got that she's just more more subtle in her performance than anybody else was it's it's really it's a hoot
1: Yeah. I, last night I watched the uh, Christmas special. It's the only one I've seen so far. So I'm going to have to watch the rest of them. And I, and I watched it because you had mentioned it, Meg and, on our Christmas television episode, and it was so it's
4: hysterical. So it's so, funny. It's so good. I just I just I
1: don't want to spoil it, but the end when they're picking out who the murderer was was the absolute
4: funniest <laughs> yes.
1: part. So yes, yes. I, I loved uh watching Jason Bateman and Big Myron Plot off. twist. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really fun. And I love improv. So watching improv is always a blast for me and watching all of the actors that aren't doing the improv when they're laughing and they're trying to, like Sean Hayes. And that one just keeps cracking. up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I like that. A lot. Okay. So Aaron, a, your three.
3: Okay. So I'm just going to go in the order that I wrote them down. And, um, my first one is going to be fresh. The movie, um, on Hulu, Sebastian Stan, I love him to death. I think that is probably the most disturbing horror movie that I saw this year. <laughs> it's so weird. And like just like it's genuinely terrifying because it could happen to anyone. It's an absurd story that probably hopefully has never actually happened. But in the same thing, like, it's like online dating nightmare. <laughs> Right. See, this is the one that almost
4: looks like a rom-com when it, it starts, is the right? first 30 remember, minutes the first 30 I remember minutes seeing, of seeing the trailer and i was like oh this looks cute i'm so it's glad totally, i talked to yeah. you guys no it's totally I a rom-com
3: it. meg it's fine totally it's watch it it's okay just it's watch the first fine. 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie happily oh, ever after <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah it, it was really disturbing and there was a Several horror movies I watched this year that I was like, I don't know if that was like scary, but some was actually kind of terrifying. My next one to go completely opposite is Under the Banner of Heaven. You guys know how I feel about my Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and I was kind of worried about watching him be like a Mormon detective, uh, but he's amazing. The man can do no wrong, I feel like. It's loosely based, I think, on a series of murders in
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, the Latter-day Saint community in, what, the 80s? Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, wow, it's it's really good. Really good. Wow, all the three of these are on Hulu. So, my last one is Welcome to Wrexham on Hulu, which is just adorable. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny decided to buy a football team a soccer team and it's like it's really sweet little portrait of this town and this game and these two guys that are hilarious i i'm in love with it it's so it's so good it's not something that i normally would have watched but i love those guys and it turned out really worth my time awesome okay so meg
4: okay so my eight i'm gonna once again mention Rosaline, because it was just fun. I liked it. I know I talked. I talked about it when I was about my performances, but it's a lot more fun than the original Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and I'm always kind of a sucker for like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern kind of things. I like seeing the story that we all know told from a different perspective. So that's really fun. It's on Hulu. My other one I'm going to mention is it was going to be the most hated man on the internet but now i'm gonna say the staircase with colin firth and tony Collette, uh both of whom give great performances but tony Collette is like amazing yes it's like if you don't know this is about like michael peterson he was a crime novelist who's accused of killing his wife and the stories he came up with to explain situations like an owl attack it it, it this is not a documentary this is a dramatic kind of retelling of possible events and there's a lot of back and forth of two different scenarios like what the police think happened and what he is saying happens both are horrifying for me to watch like and this is why i'm like i don't like scary movies because this itself was absolutely horrifying to watch just the scene where she dies in in either either iteration it did not matter it was both they were both like heartbreaking to me but i i really enjoyed it it's not one of those things where i'm gonna watch it over and over and over again i didn't feel compelled to watch it again but tony collette was phenomenal Colin firth i thought was great his it was really weird hearing him with an american accent i don't ever want to hear mr darcy with an american accent ever again (laughs) (laughs) It's not that he's bad at it. It's just jarring to me to hear him speak in an American accent, let alone I think like a New England accent. It was weird, anyway. Um, and my other one is <laughs> "Tales from the Explorers Club" on Discovery Plus because I'm a total slut for Josh Gates and his expedition unknown, legendary locations. Give me all the Travel Channel, Discovery Channel, like travel fake history history mystery kind of specials but this one in particular is kind of talking about some of the most famous expeditions and explorations in human history and some of the most harrowing and triumphant stories from people who are promoting scientific exploration and discovery and kind of going to the farthest reaches of the earth underwater and into space um so it was it was just really interesting and like i said i love me some josh gates
1: that's all so sasha your three eights
4: my tv show eight
5: i'm gonna do she hulk um because it was fun and entertaining and i need to throw some marvel in there so we're gonna go with she hulk uh i like that she breaks the fourth wall I like that she does all the things she's not supposed to do. And I also like that she tells uh, Hulk, like, yeah, you have an anger problem. You don't understand. I always have to stay calm because I'm a woman. No matter what I do, I have to remain calm. So she masters it super quick and he gets pissy and I just am here for that. So That one. And then uh, my one, sorry, Aaron, my one and only horror movie that I have is uh, also starring Jenna Ortega, and it's Scream, uh, the new Scream that came out at the beginning of the year, because it's part of the Scream series and I will watch them all like I will Fast and the Furious movies, or Ocean's Eleven movies, or any of those things. Like I will watch them all because it's Scream, and it's nostalgia, and I am
4: here for it. So, yeah, Scream is my other, my movie. Sasha, you have more horror on your list than I do, so...
1: yeah it's it's and sasha loves horror (laughs) she does so
5: but we all know that sasha is broken for horror and so i can't i just can't i'm on the struggle bus with the horror
1: and there's another scream movie coming out in 2023 by the way if people don't know this so yep okay well i'm starting with a show that is aaron a's favorite show severance (laughs) i know you hate this show but i love this show (laughs)
3: Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. So that one's just for you, just Aaron. Check that off my list there.
1: <laughs> uh, but this is stars Adam Scott, Patricia Arquette, and Christopher Walken, among a bunch of other people. It's bizarre. Uh, it's funny. It's dramatic. It's just a weird show about people who work in a company. And when they're at work, they're one person. When they leave, their memories are wiped completely. And yeah, so they don't remember things. And it's a very interesting comment on capitalism and work life and working and stuff. And I think it's great. It's on Apple TV. I'm still bummed I didn't get to go to the thing at San Diego Comic Con because it was supposed to be the best installation in the whole thing. And they supposedly gave away the best things and I didn't get to go. But that
3: sucks. Yeah. We yeah. tried. We, we tried. tried so we hard. We tried so hard, but it just didn't. So happen. hard. Uh, I did understand that show more than Everything Everywhere all at once. I at least understood the concept of that. <laughs> I just didn't like the concept, but I understood it.
1: <laughs> uh, and then next is another horror movie, another one on Shudder that I just watched. I recommended it uh, last week on our Christmas uh, television episode, and that's The Apology. This, I, you know, it's really much more of a thriller, but it it's very intense. I would love to see this as a stage play. And it is basically just three people. And it is about a woman whose daughter went missing 20 years ago. This is the 20th anniversary of her disappearance. This is the night before Christmas. And she gets a knock on the door and it's her ex-brother-in-law And he says his car broke down, comes in there, they start talking. You know, he's like, well, what would you want to happen to the person if you found out what happened to your daughter? What would you want to happen to the person that did something to your daughter kind of thing? And then it goes from there. And this was written and directed by a woman. And uh, Janine Garofalo is also in it, plays the friend of, of the main woman. And the performances are incredible. And it's amazing to see strong female characters that are so richly drawn that are over the age of 40. It's incredible and I want to say I think horror is one of the only genres that gives women over a certain age a chance to have complex rich characters. I know when we um spoke with uh Brick Stevens and she said that she said that's what's incredible about horror. She said for me, you know, as an actress, once I got over 30 nobody wanted to work with me, but horror would always give me jobs. So shout out again to horror for that. So, and then lastly, shout out to Tanya. Uh, Technically, technically their book is not out until 2023, but I'm still counting this because let me read their book to this year. So hopefully that's okay that I'm counting but it you can count it this year and next it's my podcast so.
5: cheater because I plan on counting that one next year <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fine that's fine you can you can count that next year so that is fandom acts of kindness which does come out in January you can pre-order Tanya's book um that uh they did co co-write it but you can pre-order it and They will be at, um, if you're in Colorado, they will be at Tattered Cover, uh, the one in, it is Aspen Grove. Grove. But they will be there doing a book signing in January as well. So go do that. Go listen to our interview with Tanya as well. So that was a fun, fun interview. And it's a fantastic book.
4: Step into the world of power, loyalty
1: So seven, lucky number seven. Carla, was seven a lucky number for you
2: in your top three or threes? <laughs> seven is a lucky number for the ones I have chosen to be number seven. <laughs> yes, it is.
4: They should be so happy. They, yes.
2: <laughs> I think after I I say what these are, their publicist should call me and thank me. Like, give me, like, you know, stuff. All right. So this is just like a... Uh, what's it called like when it's just a, a grab bag it's a potpourri it's a potpourri of stuff the first thing that i'll mention is the song titi me pregunto by bad bunny and listen i'm not usually a bad bunny aficionado like eh, i could take him or leave him but this song is hilarious because first of all it's it's a really uh it's a very sticky song what's it called like when it's just sticks to your brain catchy and earworm, catchy. earworm. Yeah, thank you yes and now like I've gone from thinking the song is ridiculous to just like loving it and playing it all the time but basically the, the whole gist of the song is that his aunt is asking him you know like when are you gonna get married and he's like well you know like I, I like being with this one and with this other one and haha you know um, I'm taking them to the VIP smile at my auntie and there's like a towards the end of the song it just breaks out, and he's like I want to fall in love but it's hard because I feel like they just want to have my child and you know like you know um, insinuate themselves into my life because I'm just so rich and famous and it's it's like hilarious you know because um, I'm sure these are like real, real concerns for people who are celebrities and everything but it's just funny the way that that it's played out in the song like I'm really just a sensitive boy who wants love. I want the things that my auntie wants for me, but I can't admit that because I have all of these women and I want those Oh my God. It's hilarious. It's like, all right, bro. Okay. The second thing I want to mention for this portion of my sevens is the, the book, the book eaters. And this one I have talked about so much because it's, it's so good. And I, I hope that, more people uh, read it. It's by Suni Dean. It's not a long book. It's not a complicated book, but it's a, it's a dark fantasy and it's about um, a race of people who eat books. Like that's how they sustain themselves. And they have these libraries and like they, they in eating these books, like they, this is how they learn things. They don't, they don't read. In fact, they can't read. They're discouraged from reading. They can't write. Because it just, they physically, mechanically cannot. And then some of them, they're born without the ability to live off of just the books. They want to eat brains. They're not zombies, but they want to eat human brains. And her whole thing is that her son is one of those people and they are cast out and they're basically kind of um, used as like enforcer so they're kind of raised separately from the rest of the book eaters and she doesn't want that fate for her son so she's she's looking for this drug that will suppress those urges in him and there are a lot of moral quandaries and a lot of of um there's a lot of intrigue and it's a thriller and there's so much that happens but on top of that it's very gay so it's really great um there's a, a a love story in there there's um like i said it, 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 there's a lot of gray areas and you know what do you do when you want to keep your your child fed but you have to make moral compromises to do it it's so good i really enjoyed reading it and then the third thing that i'll mention is okay listen all right let me give it to you straight the cleaning lady the first season is amazing you should watch it. I don't care. Like, you should, you should go out and watch it. The second season, not as great. There are a lot of things that change in the second season that I'm not really with that I think they, in the service of the end goal, they really undermine the main characters a lot. So it's really difficult to get through the season, but it completely pays off in the season two finale. The season two finale, it is a fine hour of television. So much happens in that hour that really ties together everything that happened throughout the season. All of the out of character decisions that are, that are made, everything that, um, that goes wrong or right leads you to a very exciting conclusion in this season. And one thing that, that I can say without spoiling anything is that the main character, Tony, she, it, they, you know she, she's a surgeon, she's very talented she's she's gifted, she's brilliant, but like a lot of media tells us surgeons have this god complex, and that god complex really plays out a lot in the second season, and she thinks that she's always in control, and if she's not in control, she tries to gain control, so she thinks she's always on top of everything, and the way that things Happen and then tie together in the season finale. You're like, whoa, whoa, damn! Listen, just watch it because it's it's, mm-hmm. it's so good. It is so good. It, it is one of the the best episodes of TV of all of 2022.
4: I love that we got two seasons of the Cleaning Lady in one year. I want all of TV to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> two 12 I episode seasons. Mind. I was okay. I love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron A, your number
3: seven. Yes, I agree with the cleaning lady. Um, I haven't made it to the end of season two yet. So I'm very excited now. Um, I may be maybe halfway. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's very good. I I feel like we had a long time time for season two but apparently not uh <laughs> maybe just, i don't know i thought it was longer ago no Probably. no for season one premiered yeah.
4: at the end of january
3: huh crazy <laughs> okay my note hey look i only have two number sevens how about that so um my first one i'm gonna go with invasion uh it's on apple tv it's like I don't know, cool sci fi sort of thing. Uh, obviously, Invasion from the Sky. I don't know, it's just really good. I, I don't want to explain without further spoilers. Um, I went to a panel about it at San Diego Comic Con and then promptly became obsessed with it. So watch it, it's mm-hmm. good. Um, and then also in sort of the sci fi thing. A show on Amazon Prime called Night Sky. It's got uh, Sissy Spacek, who I'm a little obsessed with, and J.K. Simmons. And they have, like, a portal to another world, and they're, like, shed to, like, some other planet. It's Talk about storage. Right? (laughs) It's craziness, but it's so good. And they're both really, really great in it. And, like, it's... I guess, rare to see a TV show where the two main characters are older people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both really amazing actors. I love Sissy Spacek. She's so great. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting show. And I, I really enjoyed it. And Meg?
4: Um, yeah, I'm going to just pop in quick. And I forgot to... Second, Sasha with turning red. I really liked that movie. I, um, I really liked watching with my kids and kind of the idea that female anger is okay and suppressing it is not the answer. Um, that was fantastic. Um, and I'm also gonna second the cleaning lady. I just caught up today, like, <laughs> and I because I was having a little bit of a hard time, kind of getting over the the hump of it, but I'm really, really glad I did. I love that movie. I or love that movie. Love that show. I generally generally have a hard time when the main character of a TV show is making me absolutely insane with their choices. Um but I really like how it wrapped up in the season and I'm really kind of excited now to see where it goes. And so there's my one. My other one I'm going to talk about is Lady Chatterley's Lover on Netflix that I had to watch kind of in pieces between my kid. Like I, you cannot watch what this pieces, as Meg. All the pieces. I was watching this and I messaged my disc the Discord I had with Aaron, Carla, and Tiff. Be like, just in case you're wondering, there is peen in this movie. <laughs> Aaron, I love Aaron. <laughs> I know what I'm watching now.
2: It's good that you told us because we were all wondering.
4: I know you were going to watch it with your kid. Being like, this is a family front, friendly <laughs> movie. <laughs> Until it just I sounds like a
2: funny experience. About the full frontal. <laughs> anyway.
4: Um, no, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I think Lady Chatterley's Lover. I think it's really interesting how compelling the story still is and how important the book was to freedom of speech and first amendment rights here in america and the sexual liberation it's it was kind of a tick in women uh, sexual liberation and it's also hot like i don't know to tell you it's it's a fun horny piece of media and i enjoyed it but my, my husband was in the other room while i was watching it and he keep Peeking out and I'm like, (laughs) I'd have to be like, go away. Let me just watch, let me just watch this show in peace or movie. (laughs) And my third one's actually a book called Maggie Moves On by Lucy Score. It's a rom com. It's about a YouTube house flipping star who you know doesn't want to stay in any one place too long that's why she flips houses and stuff like that and she's always ready to move on until she gets to the small town and the landscaper has a really cute dog who's like a pit bull (laughs) Like, like a really goofy clumsy pity like fat pit bull it's adorable it's really really fun it's cute it yeah i just i think it's I think it's cute. My sister listened to it. I read it. My sister listened to it, and she really liked listening to it. So if you like audiobooks, um, it's a good audiobook because my sister is even pickier than I am when it comes to narrators. Yeah, it's just fun. It's a fun, happy rom-com. The theme of my top ten is either fluff or murder. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's On brand. True- it's true crime or romance, oh <laughs> nothing in between. <laughs> Maybe fresh really is my kind of. Movie. Somehow, still no. No, <laughs> somehow <laughs>
3: somehow so I say still do it. it. Do it. Hey, Renee.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> do it. And just live tweet. Just live tweet. Wait a minute. This doesn't seem like a nice (laughs) date.
0: Oh, she's going back to this place.
4: That's so nice for dinner. Um, We see the
3: traumatizing of Meg in real time. That's happened so many
4: times. (laughs) I just pack it down with more (laughs) rom-com.
3: Someone needs to edit it, the whole movie, into a rom-com. I feel like it could be done. Just piece by... We could take out the scary bits... So the last hour of the movie, <laughs> it's real short at the end. Ah, uh,
1: so Sasha, so sure.
5: yep, my sevens. But first, I got to say, my favorite part about Meg's stuff is she's like this cute little book I read. Blah 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 blah. Aaron's not paying attention. All of a sudden, she's like, "There was a little chunky piggy a fat and Aaron and Aaron's like, and like,
4: "What?" Tell me more. Oh, <laughs> it's true. a it's it's a chunky pit bull with a person oh. name, which is like. Wow, perfect. Give me a dog named Kevin. Please. I love dogs with people names. <laughs> yeah, it. his name is Kevin. And oh he adopts God. two stranded kittens that they found. And it's just like the dog. It's like mm, <laughs> it's perfect it's perfect. Give me I love, I love me a rom-com with a fat dog in it. <laughs> or
5: cat cracks me up. All right. Uh TV show. I'm gonna go with Miss Marvel for some more Disney kool-aid uh, well. that i've consumed <laughs> it's in my veins i can't get rid of it i'm sorry it was cute it's fun i don't it's fluff that's all i got uh movies i'm torn between for seven i'm torn between either the menu or the vastly different uh jurassic world <laughs>
2: much change there. Yeah. But
4: just the three minutes with the original cast.
5: Yes, that's the whole reason. <laughs> that is the entire... Meg nailed it. It's the entire reason because it's the original cast. And so it was like, oh, nostalgia. This year is like nostalgia, right? But the menu was shockingly good. I went into it not knowing a single thing and walked out of it and went, what the fuck did I just watch? So... Yeah, those are my Jurassic World. The menu—that's where Sasha's brain is.
1: That's—I mean, I've—I've heard it's—I've heard it's, I've heard it's um, really, really good. Like people
4: love that movie. I've the menu—it's really,
1: it's
5: phenomenal.
4: Really I have no—I've never heard of it.
5: Yeah, it's—it's it's intense. There are some scenes where I'm going, "Oh, we're gonna—we're—we're we're doing this. Oh, this is. Oh, oh, all right, we did that. Cool."
1: Yeah, so, that's what I've I've heard.
5: Yeah, I, I think you would
1: love it. I know it's on my my list of ones that I definitely want to see. So,
5: and if you don't love it, then it just means that we cannot recommend each other movies ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that train is over. i to say, is
4: that an errand rule or is that just like a general rule? <laughs> it's it's just it's us. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's
5: just, just an us rule.
4: Yeah,
1: it's just. Sasha has broken my heart so much this year.
5: <laughs> it is, you have no idea how many messages I have sent her and went, if this doesn't pivot, I'm out. Or I sent her one for <laughs> one of her favorite movies and was like, you didn't warn me and I can't finish it. There's like 30 minutes left in the movie and I can't finish it. I'm done.
4: Sasha relentlessly DNFs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Peace and out.
2: Can't do it.
1: Yes, some of mine that are going to be in my top five are ones that Sasha broke my
2: heart. It was like, no, Aaron, I've told you a million times, you have to stop recommending chandelier movies to Sasha. That's all they it, were. It's so unfair. <laughs> they were just, just movies chandelier ch- movies.
4: You said, it's brutal. You, you said chandelier, and I was like, oh, see, ya? and I'm like, oh, god. <laughs> I'm you. Got, I'm in a totally different, like You're sweet innocent thing. Not even the same page. I'm a different book. <laughs> In a different genre. <laughs> You're over in Romcomville. <laughs> I really am. Give me my floof. Or um, true
1: crime. But my seven are um, captive audience. I'm going to echo that again. And, and one thing I want to add about captive audience. One thing that I thought was so interesting and so telling about that is that I think it's one of those rare true crime docs where it's actually a critique of other true crime media as well and our consumption of it. And I think, you know, especially um, the boy Steven and later man, everything and the way his life was turned upside down when he got back from this traumatic, traumatic years of his life. And the reason it happened is he was a hero. I mean, because there was another boy kidnapped and he was like, I'm not going to let the same thing happen. And rescued that boy, and so and then his life. He was not someone who wanted the spotlight; didn't like that at all. And so, eventually, of course, he had a happy life until he was tragically killed in a motorcycle accident. But I just thought that was an interesting thing, is I think it's also a critique of the way we consume media yeah. like that. So that's another reason I think it's fantastic.
4: Thanks, Aaron. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do too. So you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me have to think about it
1: <laughs> uh and then the next one i'm going to recommend is a documentary that we interviewed the directors of and that's cosplay universe and this is a small little independent documentary so go support this one um and it's all about cosplay uh you know and uh they Made this movie over like the course of like six years and stuff. And what was most fascinating to me about it was, um, you know, there was a lot of focus on, on women in this documentary as well. And it wasn't, you know, I asked them about that and that was just something that happened. And a lot of that I think, you know, is a lot of people in this documentary didn't feel like they had a home anywhere else. And then they found a home within that community. And I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast, a lot of people that are on this podcast could definitely relate to that. So I, I highly recommend that one. The movie X, which uh, is the sequel, really, although it's the first one. And then Pearl is the prequel. Uh, But this is a movie that is about in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. It's very much a slasher. It kind of reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it's also a lot about sexuality, women, women getting older. Um So I don't know if my panel cares if I spoil. I'm not going to spoil. But these are tied. The character, the main character in um the movie Pearl is one of the elderly people in this movie. <laughs> That's what I will say. And played by Mia Goth. So it's really good. And and these are done by uh Ty West, by the way. Uh so fantastic.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: So now we have reached six. So this is the final one for this
2: part. So, Carla. Well, for number six, I'm going to start with the movie Hustle. And I'm normally not a fan of Adam Sandler, but I think his dramatic performances tend to be better. And this was... I thought a really good one, and Queen Latifah's in it, which makes me very happy. And it's about a basketball recruiter dude and doing his basketball recruiting thing after he gets fired. And it's kind of like Jerry Maguire, but without the precocious kid and a lot less funny, but still very good. <laughs> so, if you're into movie it's movies true. about like uh, sports people who help other sports people and they are put into difficult positions, but they still want to be sports people who who help sports people and they have wives, then this is a really good movie for you to watch. And also um, fewer Bruce Springsteen songs. In case you were wondering, that's not going to happen for you. Um, (laughs) Hey, I'm just here to warn the people. If you think, Oh, Jerry Maguire, there's going to be at least one Bruce. No. No. I
4: like I like are like it's Jerry Maguire except all the things except for none of the things. Look, that Queen Latifah. Did, did I mention that Queen Latifah is in this? You did not because you she is. Said, it's and she's Jerry Maguire, but without the cute kid that makes Jerry Maguire like.
2: Human. Well, that should tell you how much Jerry Maguire is not that good of a movie. But but hustle. What? No, sorry. <laughs> Jerry Maguire's okay. Jerry Maguire's okay. All right, but hustle. I I, th- I think was pretty good. Um, Falling for Christmas, which I know a Lindsay Lohan movie, and you're recommending it, Carla? Yes, I am. It's cute as hell. It it's is. so cute. Like, it's like overboard, but a lot less problematic. It's overboard without the um, indentured servitude and the taking advantage of a woman who is lost. I said I'm the, same thing. I, said the
5: exact same thing. I was
4: like, it's I, overboard.
2: Yes, I really it's overboard. Liked it. But I was so drunk when I watched it. Well, you should be watching sober because it's just like Overboard. But again, those problematic things about Overboard, gone. And uh, a lot fewer kids too. But, you know, it balances out in just being adorable. And it's in Christmas time and there are competing, well, not competing, but there's like this massive ski lodge and there's a tiny ski lodge and tiny ski lodge is about to go under. But (gasps) Lindsay Lohan shows up with her hair and her <laughs> ability to fit into her lost hair. and found clothes but they look very good on her as if they were picked it's out the for
5: most her. piece together don't forget the explosive toilet water
2: yes explosive toilet very important very important <laughs> and um the, the 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 classic oh i can run a a washing machine let me just put accidentally drop all the soap in it Classic uh, rich lady can't do things trope. Um, they're also like burnt pancakes. It's everything you want in a rom com about a It's wonderful. And finally, wedding season. And wedding season is about a, a young couple of people because they're not a couple at the start. A young couple of people. They are Indian, and their families are want them to like find their partner so they decide because the the wedding season is coming up so they have like all of these parties to go to and they're like can we just pretend to be a couple and that way you know our parents will be off our backs just through this wedding season and i can focus on my career and you can focus on your whatever the hell you do because you know she's completely underestimating this guy who turns out to be not to be underestimated and they're so cute and of course guess what happens you will never believe it you will not believe it They fall in love. Oh, what
4: fake relationships are my jam? Yes,
2: yes. And listen, if you think that I'm spoiling it, then you have never watched a rom com. Like, I'm sorry that you (laughs) have like like, (laughs) what rock have you been under that you don't know this is this is how it's going to end? Like, give me a break. It's so cute. I think you know, like, if you haven't watched it, if you're yearning for a delicious rom com with tried and true tropes and beautiful. Wedding attire. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. And it has a cute little dance number at the end that's just precious.
3: <laughs> so, Aaron, your sixes. <laughs> number sixes. Okay. So, I, another show that I don't know why I like it, but I do is The Morning Show on Apple TV, which is serious, serious topics, but sometimes it's just like, ridiculous and funny i don't know but the performances are really great um i love reese witherspoon i was shocked by jennifer aniston's performance being so good deep Carell, i was also really kind of shocked by but the the whole thing like taking such a serious topic but i mean i know it is serious but not doesn't feel serious when you're watching it i don't know if that makes sense but i i enjoy the -hmm. show it is good Another, I'm going to go with borderline horror, might be horror, um, is a show on Netflix called Archive 81. And I think it's uh, it's scary. I don't know if it's horror, but it's scary. Um, and this guy is hired to digitize some VHS tapes that have a dark history to them. But it's really a good show. And I hope there is another season. I haven't heard if there is. It might be okay for Meg to watch. It's actually not like super, super scary. It's more spooky. The spooky. Kinda like spooky. <laughs> it's kind of like spooky. I don't know. Um, and it's got um, an actor that I wish was in more things uh, in it, and he's really great. Um, his name is Mamadou Aceh, and he's so cute, and he was in Unicorn Store like last year or the year before, and he's just freaking adorable, and I love him, but I, I, you might be able to watch it make it's spooky it's not like slashery or anything i don't think there's any blood i don't think don't <laughs> quote me on that
1: if <laughs> don't come after me right? <laughs> I
4: don't know. before i had before i had kids i was like i can do jump scares or i yeah. can do gore but i cannot do both
3: yeah now, i don't think there's really any gore now that i have kids i can't i cannot <laughs> Seems like it seems like kids should prepare you for that.
4: No, because it it it's it it it's so much different. Like I cannot <laughs> watch violence nearly like I used to be able to. It's it's weird. Um cool.
1: I think that makes that makes sense
4: though. Yeah. I don't know. Um so they're just like they're all someone's baby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> sure. Oh my gosh. Um and my uh last one we're gonna go with is the bear. It's so good. I, it, it is, I've never worked in food service, but I understand the stress behind all of these kitchen scenes, but also just like the heart that it has in the show is really great. And I was really kind of surprised by Jeremy Allen White's performance. Um, it, yeah, it's good. I hope there's more of that as well.
1: Awesome! Yeah, I need to watch that show because everybody raves about it. So I need to watch it. It's on my long,
3: long, long list. It's one of those very like fast paced. Everyone's talking really fast, and I love that. And Meg (laughs) and
4: Aaron. Um. All right, so I'm gonna go with first for my. This is number sixes, right? Yes. Like I numbered anything. Um, I'm going to go with Fire Island, which is a retelling of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, um, but super gay. And (laughs) no, I love it so much. Carla Carla kind of got me to didn't get me to watch it, but she recommended it to me. And it's very rare that I like not very rare. Let me me back that up a little bit. What are you saying, Meg? Um, I'm talking about Fire Island.
2: (laughs) No, I was just like, are you going to say that I like things that Carla recommends?
4: No, I was actually going to be like, there's not a lot of Jane Austen adaptations that I like. And then I realized I love Jane Austen adaptations. So I can't really say that. But it's hard for me to find Mr. Darcy's that I like. Generally, it's like Colin Firth. And that's kind of it for me for Mr. Darcy's. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed I the Mister Dark. You know, either way, I liked this adaptation. I thought it was really fun and really sexy, and it kept. Well, it was obviously not a re- a reimagining of Jane Austen in that it was not five sisters and their harpy mother. It had the spirit of Austen. It had that satirical snarky witty kind of humor that i feel like a lot of people today don't really get when they actually read an austin book or a lot of people think austin is really really stuffy and because you have to read it for school a lot of people kind of don't see how funny and how witty and oh my god i cannot think of the work but either way um, how, how great and hilarious it actually is and how satirical it is and how it's really making fun of these gender norms and the society around her at the time and how much that can actually transfer to today. And Fire Island, I thought, was just a really fun adaptation of that that I would not have expected to like as much as I did because I'm a little bit snotty about my pride and prejudice, especially about my Mr. Darcy's. My other one is going to be, or number two of my number sixes. <laughs> Almost to the six, 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 six mark, which I just. Almost really, to really that six, mark six, of the six. beast, man. Um, <laughs> is going to be Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is really the only Star Trek I've ever seen, which is part of why it's on the list. I started watching it because uh, a friend and fellow podcaster, Jesse, who does open Pike Night, As well as sudden but inevitable podcast asked me if I would be on an episode and I'm like, fair warning, I have never watched Star Trek. I watched the whale movie, and that's what I call it. I think it's a way home. I have no idea. It's the whale movie to me. That's all it has ever been. My husband is a Star Trek fan, my dad's a huge Trekkie. Carla likes Star like everyone around me likes Star Trek, but I don't care. So trying to be diligent and not just watch the one episode I'm supposed to talk about. I decided to watch the whole series and I really liked it. I thought it was great. Um, I, I loved that. It's a great entry point or on ramp for people who have not watched the very intimidating amount of star Trek that there, that's out there. So you don't feel like you have to watch everything in order to be able to watch this. Anson Mount, um, who is super hot. He is a great captain Pike i love ethan peck as spock i just i i really enjoyed it and as someone who is not a star trek fan it was really really fun and i didn't feel like i was missing out on anything by not having seen it but i also know that people who are really into star trek there's also really fun stuff in there that is good easter eggs for them my number three for six is our great national parks (laughs) which is mostly <laughs> on here because it's narrated by Barack Obama. And I honestly just really miss listening to him talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good reason. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but honestly, it's it's really good. I love nature documentaries, planet Earth, all of those. I, I love them. Um, I really enjoyed watching this. It's not just about American national parks. It's about national parks around the world. And again, Barack Obama narrates it and he talks cute stuff about baby animals. And I'm just like, okay, I love you. <laughs> Thank, please. <laughs> but yeah, so those are my Mark of the Beast. I should have picked all evil stuff, but I don't, I don't do evil.
1: I know. It's like, I, sh- I don't even realize it until like halfway through people. going like, oh wait, it is Mark of the Beast. So Sasha, what's your Mark of the Beast? Um,
5: Our flag means death Is my number six for TV show I'm not going to discuss it Meg You can discuss it I'm just going to say our flag means death Because reasons Um, And then for my movie I picked uh, 3,000 years of longing Which has Idris Elba Need I say more? No (laughs) He's a genie he shows up shirtless at the beginning it's idris elba what I, do i need to Nothing say more needed no i have I not mean, heard
2: of
4: this
5: and, like, now, I have and now i want you more. you don't need to but you but can. i could uh carla you have not heard of this no
2: and i'm shocked
5: uh yeah it's three thousand years of longing it's the story of a jinn so he's basically a genie in a bottle uh tilda swinton is in it as well she's Like giving a lecture. She's at a conference or something. She's in a shop and she finds this bottle. She takes it back to her hotel room and bada bing, bada boom. We have a genie um, who's like, I'm going to give you your wishes. She's like, No, no, no. I'm a history buff and I know mythology and I know how this works. So you are not going to dupe me, sir. And then he tells the story of him and it's beautiful and gorgeous and just. It's it's a lovely story. Uh, it's visually stunning. And it's just interest- Elba. That's all I got.
2: I, I love, okay, when, when you said that he's a genie in a bottle, I'm like, does he get rubbed the right way? That's exactly what I was doing too, Carla.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you want to be. You know what? Watch the movie.
5: Watch the movie. I'm
4: not going to tell I, you how I'm he gets rubbed.
3: Enough. So
4: where can we see
3: this sounds this? like a good time <laughs> recording over we gotta go <laughs> we need a break
4: for reasons
3: fun story
4: this year's top 10 is actually only what, like 26 or 27 because we did?
1: <laughs> uh, well, my Mark of the Beast. Um, <laughs> I'll start with the one that is not horror because the other two are horror films. And this was my favorite reality show of the year. And it was one that I was like, why am I going to watch this? This is going to be so stupid. And that's Claim to Fame on ABC. This was really one of the most entertaining things I watched all year. Uh, This is all about people going into a house and they all, their claim to fame is that they're related to some famous person and you go through all these challenges and then they put up two people for elimination and people have to guess, you know, who are they related to? And if they guess correctly, then they're not, then they, then that person gets eliminated. If they don't, then, you know, the other person will that, that kind of thing. Like there's votes for who, is up for elimination. And it's so entertaining. It really is just absolutely a blast. I, I know it sounds on the surface really stupid, but it it was one of the funnest things I've watched all year. I would watch it again. I was so invested in it. One of my favorites on there, and I'm not going to say who it was because although she kind of spoils it pretty quickly, is uh Kiki Palmer's relative is absolutely so, so amazing. And then, Hard to believe but the other one was a relative of a country singer and at first in the first episode I'm like this guy is going to drive me nuts but ended up being my other favorite. So it's just it's so much fun. I you can love watch that. it on Hulu. Yeah, I th- I think all the episodes are still available on Hulu, but hopefully they renew it. Fingers crossed. It was fun. And then uh Terrifier 2, which I mentioned before is like a you know, just a rags to riches kind of story for a horror movie. The fact that it was made for basically nothing in, you know, in the world of film and made as much money as it did is absolutely mind blowing. And it's, it's a lot though. I've said it before, if you're not in a horror at all, if you're not into gore, if you're not into slashers, if you're not into extreme, extreme slashers, there's a murder scene that goes on for about five, six minutes or something like that. So if you're not into that, do not watch this movie uh,
4: because it's I was just about to turn it on.
1: <laughs> and it's over two hours long. So it's like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot. Oh. And it's, it's a clown. It's a killer clown. So art, the clown.
4: Oh, you're saying all my favorite things. Yes. I know. Please. I know. This prolonged this- murder.
1: This was Fergie's favorite movie of the year. <laughs> because
4: she
3: And a war.
1: dog likes it. I'm, I'm in. She loved it because it was so extremely gory, so extremely graphic. This is one that there were people who did, and I can totally see why. People fainted. People threw up after watching this in the theater. But it is really well done. Uh, the final girl is absolutely fantastic. Wonderful. Um, and the guy who plays Art the Clown is, oh, one of the best performances of the year. He used to, he studied, he was a mime. He doesn't say any words. And he, uh, used to be, um, he studied being a mime and stuff. The actor did. And you can tell that through his performance. He's so good. And he's going to be playing, um, the Grinch in that horror version of the Grinch that's coming out soon. So yeah, it's, it's, it's once again, I loved it, but I am not recommending it to everybody. So. It was a lot. Even for me, it was a lot, but I really liked it. Uh, and then I am going to defend Halloween ends. I don't care. I think this was fantastic. I, I have way too much Michael Myers stuff, so everybody knows how much I love Michael Myers. And I understand why people don't like it. But sending death threats to people involved in this because you don't like the way a movie like this ended is absolutely ludicrous trying to start a campaign for people to sign it's a change.org campaign for them to remake the movie because you don't like the fact that there that a certain primary character wasn't featured that much. I thought it was an interesting twist on the tale. I liked the ending. I thought it was fun. It didn't scare me, but I I loved it. So I will defend that forever. <laughs> Well, that wraps up part one of our top 10 of 2022 episode. So we will be back on Friday with part two, where we will count down numbers five to one with the same panel. So thank you so much for joining us for part one. And uh, be sure to go and follow bedwetter Behead and listen to them on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can follow them on Twitter at BedWedBeheadPod. Uh, like them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash bed, wed, or behead, Pod. On Instagram, I hope I'm getting these all right. I apologize, everybody. On Instagram at Bed.Wed.Behead.Pod. They do have a website, BedWedBeheadPod.com. Okay. So just make sure you go follow Bedwetter Behead and you can find them on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash It's a Fandom Thing Pod, on Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, Please feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there, and that'll shoot us an email. And once again, our next episode will be part two of our top 10 of 2022. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate.
0: We are actuaries.